You know, just one more thing on, on, on kids. First of all, Matt and Belinda, I love what you're doing with Family Life Program. So, thank you. It's awesome. I honor you for it. Um, I think God's given you wisdom that's beyond your years. And just, I love it when I get, got to sit in just Wednesday and hear what you were teaching. Um, and just hear from you guys. And hear the thoughts that were coming from the other parents. Look, what we do is we want to equip our kids with the tools. And then we want to create space for them to use those tools. Okay? You guys here, here with me? We, most of us were raised in a generation where we were to be seen and not heard. How many were raised in that kind of an atmosphere? Kids were to be seen and not heard. But it's a different time period. You know, we teach that our kids don't get junior salvation, junior Holy Spirit. So in moments like this, we see the, the brilliance of what God's putting inside of them. And it's hard for us as parents sometimes to balance that with the frustration that we have maybe from day to day with things that they do that aren't brilliant. Hello? And we're like, how can they be so awesome right in this second? Yet just on the way in here, we were fighting with them. It's because they're kids. And it's a process. And they need us to guide them. They need us to be well put together adults. You guys all right? They need us to be well put together adults so that we can show them how to act and react in situations. So uh, I'm going to use this time to plug Family Life Program. If you haven't gone through it, Sign up for the next session when it starts starting in another a couple months, uh, maybe another month or so. But get into the program, all right? Well, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing, and we're going to take the detour you've set up for us, and I ask that you would just prepare our hearts, speak to us tonight, do the things you want to do. I pray that nothing will, can, nothing will keep us from hearing what you want to say to us tonight. Amen. Amen. Yeah, she already took them. I'm going to read one, two, four different scripture references. I'm going to talk about them for a second, and then we're going to unleash the the, the topic, the thought of it, okay? Uh, I want to talk about peace and goodwill toward men, and I tried really hard to have a Christmas-themed message, so this is as as good as I can get to Christmas theme. I'm not going to read the Christmas story to you, even though that would be great, and that would be awesome. Um... But in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, I do want to read this verse. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Behold, the virgin will be with child, and she will give birth to a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. Jesus is good too, and then both of them are his names. We will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why don't you say that again? God with us. Can you, can you make yourself forget about the whole New Testament and the New Covenant just for a second? Can you try to forget about it and think about what it would have meant to you to hear that scripture? You can't get close to God. You can't be good enough. You can't have relationship with him. It's only for an elite group of people. You're always going to have sin. If you have even a pimple on your face, you could die because he's so holy and in, and in his presence. And, and, and the hills melt like wax and, and fire goes before him. And the mountains tremble and the earth shakes when he speaks and when he walks. That's what they knew of God. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears on the scene and the, the whole thing is flipped on its head. And God says, you've always known me as this. 
but I'm about to show you that I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to be Emmanuel. And he's not just going to come to earth. He's going to live among us. He's going to dwell among you. He's going to cohabit with you. You guys hear me? He's going to abide with you. He's going to live inside of you. Once he lived inside of a building, inside of a tabernacle, inside of a temple that had all these restrictions and regulations to, to, that had to be just perfect for him to live there. Now all of a sudden he says, you know what, I'm going to live inside of you. It shifted, it changed. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, this is what the angels said when they came. They said, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Again, think of the old mindset. And to think of them hearing this. The angels now are proclaiming on the earth what they heard said in heaven. Glory to God in the heavens. And now on earth we're declaring peace and goodwill toward men. <laughs> you guys alright? Peace and goodwill toward men. What they did was they heard something mentioned in the throne room of heaven. And they came onto the earth to declare the new season that God was about to pour out on mankind. And it was called peace and and goodwill toward men. Romans 8, verse 31. Romans 8, verse 31. It says, what should we say to these things? If God is for us, I love it. If God is for us, who can be against us? And he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also give us all things freely? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? But it is Christ who died and furthermore is now risen, who is even at the right hand of God, and he prays for us and makes intercession for us. So who shall separate us from the love of God? Say that with me. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And then it lists a bunch of things, so tribulation, child distress, persecution, famine, peril, sword, nakedness. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are facing death all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then he gives this declaration. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And where is that love found? In Christ Jesus. The first scripture, he will be Emmanuel, God with us. The second scripture, glory to God in the highest and earth. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The third scripture, God is for us. His love is found in his son. It was his gift to us. And I want to read um, one more scripture. It's in Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah chapter 35. And then I'm going to talk just for a minute on this thought that's really boiling in my heart. I'm probably going to preach a little bit, which I don't do very often. I might get excited and take my coat over there and swing it. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm, this is unfamiliar territory for me. No. The wilderness, Isaiah 35, verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland will be glad for them. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. <laughs> and the desert will rejoice and blossom as the rose. 
it will blossom abundantly and rejoice. It will even sing with joy. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, they will be given to them. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Then it says this, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and courageous. Do not fear. And here's my, here's the highlight. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. What do you think of when you think of vengeance? Paybacks. And usually it's us paying someone else back for something they did to us. It's an earthly vengeance. This is a different kind of vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's, the Bible says. And there's a, there's a quote out there that I wrote maybe two years ago. Like, God reserves warfare for the enemy, but he, he preserves kindness for mankind. So when God says here, your God will come, and he will come with vengeance, it wasn't a vengeance toward mankind that mankind had known God as, where if, if they sinned or if they were a wicked city, he killed them and destroyed them. This is totally different now. It's a vengeance where God came and dealt with the issue that caused sin in man's heart was the enemy. Amen? So behold, God will come with vengeance. Then it says this, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. That's a word we don't use very often, so in a minute we're going to get into it. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like deer, and the tongue of those who are dumb will sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground will become pools, and the thirsty land will become springs and an oasis. Then it goes on and says, and there will be a highway there called the Highway of Holiness. And it says this highway will, highway will be preserved for the righteous. It says the unrighteous won't be able to jump on this road. But it says even if they're a fool, they will find their way to the road. Kind of strange wording, if you ask me. It's preserved for the righteous. The unrighteous can't walk there. But a fool can find himself on that road and find his way. All right, I want to bring this together tonight and tie it all together. This is the message of Christmas. It's God giving a gift to us. God gave a gift to us. The gift was peace and goodwill toward men. It wasn't just giving his son. There was, there was a, his son uh, was, was the, he inhabited the fullness of what God wanted to give us. Jesus was the prize. Inside of Jesus, in relationship, in abiding relationship with Christ, you find the fullness of heaven, the fullness of God. The Bible even says that when you look at Christ, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. It says, in him, the fullness of the Godhead, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead lived inside of him. And what God says was, you know what? Earth is like this right now. It doesn't experience heaven. The atmosphere of earth is under the influence of an enemy who has a different agenda than I have. This is God. The agenda is not my agenda on the earth. So what I'm going to do to fix this is I'm going to send my son to the earth. And I'm going to cause my son to become a pathway to my heart. My son is going to be a gateway into the fullness of what I want to give people. And through my son, 
Everything that's in my heart for people is going to come through him. You guys understand that? Look, the birth of Jesus is not this, it's not this cute little story about him. Oh, they couldn't find a place for him to stay. And he lived in a man, he went to a manger. And, and you know, uh, uh, wise men came and brought gifts to him. And then he had to run for his life. I mean, that's a wonderful story. Great story. I mean, you read it all the, it, I mean, it's just great. It's like a Disney movie, you know, only better. But that, it's not just that story. It was, it was the access point to every one of us stepping into the peace and goodwill that God has for me. Jesus called himself in John. He says, I am the gate. I am the door. If you try to go to the Father through any other access point, then you're a thief and you're a robber. But if you come through me, the good shepherd, the good door, the gate, then you can have the fullness of what's on the other side. See, I see it like this. The Bible says that broad is the way and, and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many will find it. And then it says narrow is the way and, and, and straight is the path that leads to eternal life. I believe with all my heart that whenever we make this decision that we, that we are going to get right with the Father and connect to the Father, we come through the gate of Jesus himself, the door of Jesus. We enter into covenant with him, into a, a, a brotherhood with him into a, a, a partnership with him, where as we access through him, then it narrows. We're squeezed. We're pressed. We're shaped. Uh, things that aren't supposed to be there are drilled out of us and chiseled. But in, in that painful process, it seems like things just get narrow. And this is where the church is messed up. We've talked about the narrowing of the way to get on the right path. And we've stopped there. And we stopped at that cross and we stopped at Jesus and, and coming into Jesus and, and we talked about pick up your cross and follow me and we've really hit this, you, know, you, you, know, you can't serve two masters and we've hit all of these things about how difficult it is to be a Christian. And wh why have we done that? Because we just stepped into the gate and we're like, oh, thank God, we're okay now. And we're standing in the gate and we just stopped there. We didn't keep walking through the gate. Because as the road gets narrow and squeezes to this really tough point where it feels like we're going to just burst and like it's killing us, it's good for us. <laughs> but as the road squeezes to this point, it also on the opposite side goes like this and it becomes limitless possibilities. It's called the fullness of the kingdom. We can't stop at this narrow way and just stop there. And that's why so many people don't want in the kingdom because we talk about how hard it is and we don't talk about, no, there's something that happens once we come through Jesus. There's something happens that once we come in a covenant with him and we keep walking with him, if you walk after the flesh, you, but if you walk after the spirit, you keep walking somewhere. You keep going through this process. You don't just bottleneck. You go through this and then all of a sudden things open up. And now it's limitless possibilities. And now there are no boundaries to what's possible with God. Amen? <clears throat> so this is the message of Christmas. There's a way into the heart of God. There is a highway that's been created for us. Jesus himself is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Yeah, that little baby that was born in a manger was the hope of generations was the hope of nations. And the Lord is saying to us in this season, remember Jesus. Come through the gate, but don't stop there. 
Go through the limitless possibilities. Explore the other side. Oh, man. It's time. <clears throat> it's time for us to become a little more experimental in Christianity. When we were sinners and in the world, we were experimental. Nah, I've never done that before. Why not? I'll try it. I'll try everything once. <laughs> You're laughing because it's true, right? Where does that experimental and, and adventurous side go when we get saved? <laughs> we got stuck in the bottleneck and it restricted our adventure. And it made us dull, boring people that no one wanted to be around. Am I telling the truth? All of a sudden, we, we lost ourselves. We got bottled up into this bottleneck and it was never meant to happen. The, the gate the, the bottleneck of our life was not the destination. It was the launching point. And so we got caught up in this little space and we forgot, wait a second, I'm adventurous. I'm a free person. I can experiment. I, let's find out what God can do. I'll try. I'll prophesy. I've never prophesied before. I'll prophesy. <laughs> I've never prayed for someone in a wheelchair before. Why don't I just try it? You never know. I've never given my testimony to a random person in Walmart. Why not do it? I'll try everything once. Ah. There's so much more to Christianity than the bottleneck that we present to the whole world. Oh, this is Christianity. Doesn't it sound like fun? Ah, it's, just, it's just not what he had in mind for us. I saw this YouTube video today and and at the same, you know, part of it was true to me, and I understood what they were saying, but it was basically apologizing for being a Christian and how we're not what we say we are. And I was brought to, God, I don't want to be that. I want people to see you when they see me. And then this message was, I'd already prepared this, and so I'm, I'm, I'm balancing these two things in my head. This guy is apologizing to the world for how ignorant Christians are, and then here I am going, wait a second. Christianity is supposed to be the great adventure. It's supposed to be the, the, the opportunity for the kingdom to come to earth, for peace and goodwill to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm going, those things don't balance out in my head anymore. Hypocrisy in Christianity doesn't match. It doesn't even equate. There's no room for it anymore. Why? Because the whole world needs to see peace and goodwill. The whole world needs to know God is with us. His name is not the judge. His name is not the, the, the unmerciful master. His name is Emmanuel. He's with us, people. He's not far away. He's not hidden somewhere. He's not in a secret tomb. He's with us. And then not only is he with us, but he's for us. Oh, that's even better. So, okay, some of us can justify, okay, God's with us, but he's still mad at us. He's still not on my team because I'm not on his team, to be on. I mean, let's face it. If God came in the room, I would be dead. I mean, ever, ever think stuff like that? No, we need to know God's with us, and he's on our team. He's for us. Did you know you can get in arguments when you're on the same team? How many people are married and you've had arguments and you're on the same team? It's possible. It's actually healthy. 
Did you know if you're not arguing, I'm not saying like go home and get a dose of argument medicine and take it. Because <laughs> that's not wise to just argue for argument's sake. But if there aren't ever arguments that arise, that means neither one of you are telling what you really think. <laughs> it means one of you is just saying, okay, whatever, I'll make peace. So arguments are good. So you can be on the same team and still have disagreements and up- upset things, but you're still on the same team. How many of you have ever seen football teams and they've gotten mad at each other and they're on the same team, they're like hit each other in the face mask or whatever's going on and then they go out and they play together and then, oh, I would fight off somebody for them, but don't you talk about them, but I can talk bad about them, I can be frustrated with them. They're still on the same team. Look, we make mistakes and God's like, hey, that's not okay. And we're like, okay, yes, sir, right? We can get it, but that doesn't mean he broke covenant with us. You guys with me? So peace and goodwill means he's with us. He's for us. (laughs) Nothing can divide he and us again. Nothing can cause him to be in conflict with us again to where he separates from us. You guys okay? Then in Isaiah 35, 4, it says that he he would bring vengeance and he would bring the recompense of his reward. That word recompense means to compensate to bring back to balance for someone else. <laughs> to bring back to balance for somebody. <sighs> then there's an interesting word that comes up there. It says to, to bring atonement. How many of you have ever written the word and looked at the word atonement? What three words can you break up when you take the word atonement? You can make up a lot of words. Let's do it. Let's just, uh, let's just skip ahead to the answer. At one mint. Atonement. Say it with me. At one mint. What does that mean? Atonement means where we become one again. We're at one again. We're one. But what Jesus did when he came was he provided atonement for us. But we weren't one with God any longer. He created atonement. And he brought the recompense of God's reward, which was the fullness of the cross, the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of the atonement, which meant we can be right with God again. We can be one with him again. Amen? It means that we can be in partnership with him. We can be at peace with him, at harmony with him, at reconciliation with him. (laughs) I'm going to close. So he's with us. He's for us. Nothing can divide us. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can put us in conflict with him. He's brought his reward with us, which brings us to at one minute with him. And then he's protecting his investment in us. He's invested in every one of us, and he's watching over it. Jeremiah 1.12 says, In the verse before that, he goes, hey, what do you see, Jeremiah? He goes, oh, I see a rod with an almond uh, branch with it. He's like, oh, you've seen properly. And if you'll take the Hebrew text there, when you take the words almond branch, it means to see and to watch over. So he's saying, you saw the almond branch and you saw this. He goes, you've seen properly because I'm watching over my word to perform it in your life. See, I, pre- I spoke this a few weeks ago. If you weren't here, get it. It's, it's, it's his, his seed remains in us. 
His word remains in us. The word goes into us because it's an investment into us. It's an investment that says it's, it's going to create what I sent it to do. So he sent his gift to bring us at one with him, and then he invested himself into us. He poured his spirit into our hearts, amen? And now he's watching over his word that's living inside of us to make sure it performs what he sent it to perform, to make sure it proves true. So I wanted to give you a really good message tonight on what Christmas is about. It's about the fullness of the kingdom. You can have however much you want. I'm going to say it again. You can have however much you want. It's just like Christmas at the Christmas dinner table. You can have however much potatoes you want. Because there's like six different bowls of potatoes of different kinds. And you know that you, you, you all can't eat it all. I mean, as many as there are, how many have ever left uh, Christmas dinner and said, man, we just didn't have enough food this year. We just didn't have enough. We needed more potatoes. We needed more turkey, more ham. There's always, you can have as much as you want, right? It's the same way right now in the kingdom. You can have as much as you want. There's no limit. We're not in a socialist kingdom. Oh, no, whoa, everybody only gets one scoop in the kingdom. Everybody gets one gift, and that's it. Oh, I'm going to go there for a minute. We are not in a socialist kingdom. We're in a kingdom where it's okay to be spiritually gluttonous. <laughs> Hello? It's okay to say, God, I want more, and I don't, I'm not ashamed at all to ask for more. It's, it's, we're in a kingdom where we sneak back in line for seconds and thirds and fourths. And we determine how much we get. So what determines inside of us how much we want? Our hunger level. How hungry are you? This is a, you know, I, the new year's coming and Bridge Church, strap your seatbelts on. I'm telling you, I, I don't know how to explain what's, you know, if the, end, the world's going to end in December, we might as well go out with a bang, right? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Let's just go out in a blaze of glory. I won't sing that song, even though it's right here in my head. <laughs> Makes me want to put my cowboy boots on and my big duster. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going, yeah. We're going for it. We're going for it. So how do you get hungrier in the kingdom? You eat more. Like in real life, you don't get hungry by eating more food. You get sick <laughs> by eating more food. But in the kingdom, the way you get hungry is you eat more. You eat more of God's word. 
You'd partake of his presence more. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but it's true. This is the good news. It's the good news. You guys good? Well, Lord, we ask you to make us hungrier. We know that we, we can't even come to you unless your spirit draws us. So we ask you to put a bullseye on us and send your Holy Spirit to us to make us want more of you. Father, I ask that everyone here would begin to understand what Jesus means. (laughs) I think none of us have really even scratched the surface yet of who Jesus is. Father, I ask that we would go through the gate and not stop there, but that we'll go into the fullness of the kingdom. That we won't get stuck between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, (laughs) but that we'll go into the kingdom of light. Father, I ask that as we go through this season and as we go into the new year, that we'll become a holy people that we'll become a righteous people, and that we'll experiment in the kingdom. Father, if there's someone here that doesn't feel or understand that you're on their team and that you're for them, I ask right now that that revelation drops into their heart. You're for them. You're not against them. there's someone here that doesn't feel like you're with them, I ask that right now you would bring the revelation that you're right with them, that you never leave them, you never forsake them. And if there are those here that feel like the the bad things that have happened maybe came from your hand, I ask that you would change their thinking now and reveal to them that no evil comes from you, no evil comes from you, no evil comes from you. But that even when evil things happen, you can turn it around for our good and for our benefit. So I ask that you do that for people now. Father, I pray for every family that's represented here tonight and in the Bridge Church itself. God, I pray that you would strengthen the family unit, that we would become healthy in every area. I pray that we become healthy in our relationships, healthy in our understanding of who you are, healthy parents, healthy husbands and wives, God. Jesus, Uh Jesus, Jesus.